morning. Good to see you all. Happy New Year. It's 2021, and 2021 is going to be a lot better than 2020, right? Yes, uh, we're looking for a, a fresh new year, uh, but we probably said that in 2019, so I'm always a little bit uh, afraid to say that, but it's good to see you all, uh, and uh, good to be here in God's house on the, this first Sunday of 2021. What we do want to be praying for Jim and his family, and his daughter Diana is in hospice care, and uh, uh, just praying for you guys, love you guys, and uh, she, she's, uh, she's ready to be with Jesus, but uh, of course the family is really grieving and, and uh, struggling with going through this process, but we'll be praying for you guys. Uh, just a couple things to remind you of in front of you in, in the, the chair racks are uh, welcome cards. I'd encourage you to take some time to, to connection cards, take some time to fill those out. Uh, I think we, yeah, we also have the cool QR code up there that you can scan with your phone. We want to hear from you. We want to know your prayer requests. We want to know if there's any information that you want to convey to the church office. Things are so different now. There's, there's not people typically in the church office. And so this is just a good way for you to communicate with the church office and communicate with myself and other staff. Uh, and so please take the time to do that. Uh, I do want to thank you for your um, your faithfulness in giving in 2020. You have definitely been a blessing. Basically since March, everything has been uh, crazy, and yet you have been extremely faithful in your giving. Uh, you've done it without offering plates. Uh, we, we do it online. We do it on the boxes in the, in the back of the sanctuary. You have been so faithful. And, and I want to say as a pastor, uh, you, you have been a blessing uh, to me as I've watched how you have cared for your church in this, this vital way. I would point out that the CARES Act did change as the amount that you can deduct. Uh, typically, uh, the standard deduction is such that, that you, most people don't deduct their, their giving to a church anymore. Uh, but there has been some, and you need to check with your tax advisor, there has been some changes in the CARES Act where you can also deduct a certain amount even if you take the standard deduction. So I'd, I'd encourage you to look into that. Uh, lots of things going on uh, in, in the church. We've got some new things starting here pretty quick. Uh, we, we've got a young and Becky uh, praise team. <laughs> You're younger than me. You're younger than me. You guys ready to go? All right. Well, let's give them a hand as they come and, uh, and welcome us. And, uh, you guys want me to pray? Am I praying? I'm praying. Okay, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day, this opportunity to gather. We're thankful for those who've joined us in the sanctuary. We're thankful for those who've joined us on Facebook and joined us on the live stream, Lord. We, we know that there's, there's more present than we see, uh, but besides those who are present on live stream, you're here. And you're worthy of our attention. You're worthy of our praise. So help us now, Lord, as we, we move through this service, that we focus on you. We allow you to move, and as you move, Lord, may we follow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand with me, if you will. Spilled our hearts 
Chains, and every knee will bow before the lion. And 
Just an observation that I'll make real quick. Um, I need to tell you to stand, but I don't need to tell you to sit. It's just, just, just a simple observation that unless I say stand, okay, I, I, I understand. Well, everybody have an exciting New Year's Eve? Anybody do anything exciting? We did. Um, we, we decided we were not going to stay home and watch. Uh, the, it's not Dick Clark's rocking New Year's Eve. We were going to stay home and watch uh, the, the New Year's Eve shows. I mean, how many times do you really need to see Fergie sing, right? And so we decided to do something different. And so we stayed home and watched a movie instead. That's right. Uh, we did something really exciting. We let Spencer ch choose the movie, and he chose Castaway. Of course, Castaway is where Forrest Gump meets Gilligan's Island, right? Castaway's Tom Hanks, and, and, and he ends up on this deserted island, and, 
And I know sometimes I've watched that after a rough day, and that's almost like a fantasy movie, right? Thinking, oh, can I please be on a, a deserted island with that view, with that water around me all the time? But, but honestly, it's not a fantasy, and particularly after 2020, I think we all can acknowledge that we need other people. Uh, we're, we're not made, we're not created for isolation. We were created for community. And isolation affects each of us differently. And, and I think we see some of those effects even uh, through 2020, that e this limited contact we have with other people. Uh, as we're reading, some of the common issues are anxiety and panic, obsessive compulsive symptoms, insomnia, digestive problems, depression, post-traumatic stress. All these things are related to isolation, that, that, that these can have... Uh, this being alone can have a physical impact on each of us. And, and, and I believe that the impact of COVID-19 is still in the future, uh, that, that we're going to see a lot of things spring up as a result of the isolation that we saw in 2020. We were created for community. You were created for community. And when it's removed... When communities removed, when connection is removed, we are all adversely affected. Now, I was looking on, on the internet because, you know, that's, we all look on the internet, right? And I, and I was looking at some of these things, and, and I found this quote from a guy I don't even know. He's a pastor in, of a church in Missouri called Fellowship Church, Pastor Chris Williams. Anybody ever heard, hear of him? I, I've never heard of him. But he had this quote on his website or on his, his church website that I thought was so good. He says, isolation kills, but community conquers. I, I thought that was so good. That, that it's so true that, that isolation kills, but community conquers. And so we'll be talking about community. And it, it's kind of an odd time to be talking about community because we still have some restrictions. We we're, we're still have some issues of, of how we can gather. And I, and I thought about how ironic it is when, when we're living in this time where we cannot gather like we would like, perhaps, that I'd be talking about community. And I, and, and I think maybe it's for us to hear as we consider how we regather. It may be for some that are considering when, and, and, and I want people to be safe. Believe it or not, we, we are doing everything we can uh, to keep you safe. Uh, to, to make sure that, that we're not the cause of any problems, any, any spread of COVID-19. And so we're doing all that we can or as, as much as, as we reasonably can do. And, and so maybe you're at home and you're listening and you're trying to decide when and if together again. And, and maybe these words will just help you as you make that decision be, because I don't think the question is if, the question is when. I don't believe that we were made to do church by television screen and by computer screen. We need each other. And as much as I enjoy preaching, as much as we enjoy singing songs and leading you in that way, that the leading, if it does not lead to connecting to community, it means very little. And so even though we, we can't fully meet, I believe this message is important. So for the next few weeks, we'll be talking about better together. 
and get used to that phrase. We're going to use that phrase, I think, a lot over the next two or three years. Better together, finding identity and community. And as I began to create this series and, and think how this series should be uh, formed, I, I, I thought, you know, this, this really begins with God. All that we do begins with God. We, we look at who God is and we look at creation. And so we're going to start in the creation account. To understand the importance of community, we need to understand the nature of our creator and our created identity. See, see community, deep, intimate relationships, this is ingrained in the fabric of creation. So Genesis 1 and 2, and just overview, Genesis 1 and 2, it's, a, it's, it's in the beginning God created. And, and you have this creation poem and then you, in Genesis 1, and then it flows into this more detailed account of creation, particularly with relation to the creation of humanity. God created the heavens and the earth, light and dark, sun, moon, and stars, God created day and night, water and sky, dry land and sea, plants and trees, fish and birds, and all other forms of animals. And God said, in relation to all of these, it was good. And then the creation of humankind, beginning in verse 26 of chapter 1. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the, over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Contained in this is this highly significant phrase, in our image, according to our likeness, the imagio Dei, the image of God. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? There, there's many suggestions. That some suggest, and I think there's a, there's a bit of truth in all of these, that this, this ideal of possessing a soul, this ideal of eternity, this ideal of higher order reasoning, self-consciousness, the consciousness of God, the ability to have relationship with God. And I think all those have some truth as we consider what it means to be created in the image of God. But the flow of the passage is interesting. And I think the flow helps us have a fuller understanding of this passage. Let us create man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let them rule. Now, the King James Version says, let them have dominion. <laughs> the Amplified Bible says, complete authority. Rule over, dominion, complete authority. In verse 28, we find the word subdue. 
Can we be honest enough to say those are troubling words at times, the way these words are applied? In many ways, these are words that enforce our own way, that we, we get our way, and in many ways, they've been misused. But maybe there's a better view. God is inviting humanity to play a part in keeping creation beautiful, perfect, and good. You know, the older I get, the greener I get. That The older I get, the more I see a God that loves creation, that loves the animals he created. You know, probably 30 years ago, somebody said, hey, does dog, do dogs go to heaven? I just said, who cares? <laughs> but that's not a biblical view. Because God looks at his creation, and he says it's perfect and beautiful and good. And he's invited humanity to be a part of that. Humanity, created in God's image, is invited not simply to be subjected to God, but to partner with God as representatives of the divine plan. J. Richard Middleton, who's a professor at Roberts Wesleyan College, writes, The image of God describes the royal office or calling of human beings as God's representatives and agents in the world. And they have given, been given power to share in God's rule or administration of the earth's resources and creatures. See, it's significant. God could have called us simply to be subjects. But because of God's nature, he offers much more. God invites us to partnership or community with God. Now, to me, this sheds light on Micah 6.8. This has become my life first. This, this has become, God is pushing me through Micah 6.8. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. God invites us to partner with him and seek justice and love kindness. As we move through this, I think there's two important things to see. The first is this, when we choose to live within God's partnership invitation, we're living consistent with our create, created identity. In other words, when we say, okay, I, I'm going to love mercy, I'm going to do justice, I'm going to walk humbly with my God, we are living consistently with how God created us to live. The converse of that's true. When, when we decide to choose our own agenda... When we choose our own way over God's way, we're not living consistent with our created identity. But for the purposes of this series, the second thing's more important for us to see. God willingly expands community beyond the Trinity with this invitation to partner with humankind. God is living in the relationship of the Trinity, and yet God willingly says, this relationship is not enough. We're going to invite humanity to share with us. The, the character of God, the, the likeness of God, the image of God includes this desire to grow relationships. Expanding beyond the known 
to the unknown. And at the same time, deepening relationships with the known. We're created in God's image. And to be created in God's image means that if we live right with this created image, it's an invitation to join God in experiencing an ever-expanding, ever-deepening community. This brings us to the theme of the series. God calls us to an ever-expanding, ever-deepening community. In Genesis 2, we find an expansion of the creation poem. God forms man from the dust of the earth. Look at your neighbor and said, you're nothing but dirt. Go ahead and tell him. You want to tell him? And he breathes life into Adam's nostrils. You know, there's this intimate, this personal touch, this special plan that, that you don't see with regard to the rest of creation. God intimately touching and blowing life into Adam's nostrils. And then later in the chapter, then the Lord God said, verse 18 of chapter 2, then the Lord God said, it's not, suit, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Out of all the ground that the Lord formed, every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not a helper, helper suitable for him. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, the man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. This beautiful image of partnership between man and woman you know, I, I believe we can reach back into the end of Genesis 1, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. See, perfect creation includes an ever-expanding, ever-deepening community. Even in the life of Adam, it was not enough for it just to be him and God, but God was saying we need more. Community needs to grow. The, the image of God is not satisfied with a closed view of community. What we understand as we join community, we are creating space for others to join us as we are living in this image of God, our true identity. In Genesis 3, the fall happens, and, and Adam and Eve be, begin to experience the, 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 the things that happen in the fall. And one of the things that happens is there's this break between God and human, human, humankind. There's this break between Adam and Eve. There's this break in community that we'll have to work against the fall if we want to see community expand and deepen. But Jesus comes. And Jesus invites us to reclaim our identity, our created identity, who we were meant to be. Can we all acknowledge it's not always easy, right? 
It'd be easy to get along with people if it weren't for all these other stupid people, right? That's not always easy. But Jesus promises not simply life after death, but life before death, including real community. He invites us to live towards our created identity. Now, to live into this creative identity takes a vulnerability and time. These things are built into the creation account as well. This ideal of being vulnerable to others, deep, intimate relationships. Next week, we're going to talk about vulnerability. And, and, and let's face it, nobody wants to be vulnerable. But to have deep relationships, to have relationships that grow, it takes a level of vulnerability. So we'll talk about that next week. It takes time for relationships to occur. Gathered time. And built into the creation account is this ideal of time for relationships to grow. But what do we take away from today? How do we live towards an ever-expanding, ever-deepening community? The, the, the truth is, this will not just happen. We must take active steps. We, we have to be intentional. God was intentional in creation, and we have to live intentionally to experiencing, experience ever-expanding, ever-deepening community. So the first question I have for you is, how do you view people? Particularly people who may share different values or different viewpoints. You know, we live in a label world. Browns fan, Bengals fan, Buckeye fan, Ishikin fan, right? Trumper, never Trumper. Republican, Democrat. Masker, anti-masker. Even in the church, charismatic or fundamental. Nazarene or Baptist. But we live in a labels world. You know, Jesus lived in a labels world too. You had Pharisees and Sadducees and sinners and zealots. People just loves, love to put labels on people. And, and Jesus, Jesus loved beyond labels. Several years ago, we did a series called Jesus Here, and, and I talked about in Jesus Here how we tend to see people as simple math. One plus one equals two. And Jesus never saw people in that way. Jesus saw people as complex math with all the parentheses and all the, the different formulas. And he saw that people didn't arrive at a spot just because of simple choices, but, but there, there was a complexity to life. And so Jesus insisted on looking beyond the surface. In our toxic world, we need to be people who love beyond labels, who will look beyond the surface. I tend to listen to a lot of folk music, I guess. And Spotify will, will give you songs based on your, your listening history. And, and, and so I ended up with a Pete Seeger song. Anybody know who Pete Seeger is? You know, a folk singer. And, and he, he's got a song called Little Boxes. 
Anybody even know what I'm talking about? Nobody out there will. You'll listen when you get home. But in, in, in little boxes, Pete Seeger's referencing the suburbs, and he's referencing everybody doing the same thing and living in the same kind of house and going to the same kind of school and doing the same things with their kids. And, and he says, and they all come out the same. Pete Seeger's wrong. We, we may have the same labels, we may look the same, but everyone in this room has a different story and it's the same with everyone that we'll encounter out there. Jesus moved beyond outward appearances, and so should we. To, to live beyond labels means we begin to listen and hear the whole story. We become less interested in proving our own point and more interested in truly seeing all created in the image of God and moving towards understanding and compassion. I've got three boys, Wyatt, Dylan, Spencer. You sick of hearing their names? You'll hear their names as long as I'm your pastor. I tell you, I got three boys and I love them. And I look at them and I see me. And it's funny, every once in a while, so, so Dylan was having some trouble and he said, well, Dad, I just, I just told this person exactly what I thought because I'm just like you. Well, I said, well, Dad, we got this dog, and this dog is just driving me crazy because I'm just like you. Every time they have a bad characteristic, they blame it on me. The good characteristics are Terry. But the truth is, I see myself in them. You know, they're different. They're unique. They have their own personalities, their own, their own views of life, and I, I, that's good. I don't want it to be just me. I'm not the perfect heavenly father. <laughs> not the perfect earthly father but I see myself in them. And it makes me wonder if our Heavenly Father doesn't look out on this earth and, and see these created images, and even the most marred among them, he says, I see myself in them. We have to see people differently. If we want to be able to expand community, we have to see people differently. And can we acknowledge, I'm on social media so I can keep track of you folks, so I can see your pictures and know when things are going on, otherwise I'd get off in a flash. It's the most toxic thing I've ever seen in my life. We live in a world where opinions are quickly given and, and ideals are, are dashed and people are, are negative over every little thing. If you posted blue on the Twitter page, you get a whole line of red as debate, right? We live in this toxic age and we're called to live differently, to be different. And to be different, this is not just another label. It's not just called apart to be separate to be separate. But it's another way of living where love is primary and compassion occurs and listening occurs. And when people encounter you, they don't just see that you're different, but they can tell that you're different because you really care about them. How do we live intentionally? We move deeper as well. In, in February, we're working towards some collectives. And, and these are short-term gathering groups 
that that will will um, cover a variety of topics. You know, they're not long term. We're not asking you for for a year commitment. They're six weeks commitments, and just so we can begin making those connections again. And you know, it's trying to plan in the midst of this. You know, I feel like castaway and trying to plan. You know, it's just surviving. We're just riding waves in 2020, and I and I'm hoping that in 2021 we can move back to planning a bit. But we encourage you to become part of a collective. Uh, when, when, they, when we begin to unveil them in February, we're hoping February still, but we're still kind of waiting to see what 2021 holds. But you don't need the church to do this, right? You realize this? Do you, do you realize deep connections do not have to be program-driven from a church. Those of you who were married, were you married because of a program in the church? <laughs> so you can have deep relationships without the church. Can I get at least one amen? But it takes intentional action. It takes a call. It takes a text. It takes an invitation to invite someone over for some coffee or for a meal. So the question as I close today is, what action can you take in 2021 to live towards an ever-expanding, ever-deepening community? Maybe God's talking about to you about a neighbor or a co-worker whose opinions may differ from you. And maybe God's saying, hey, can you just listen? Just listen. Can you listen without judging? Can you love? regardless of whether you share every opinion and begin to build that relationship. Maybe it's somebody that, that's part of the church and, and God's saying, listen, I, I placed them here for a reason. There's a purpose in this. And there's a purpose not only in their life, but in your life, that I want to do something in this relationship if you'll just give me the freedom. And can you just take the next right step to draw closer in that relationship? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, right now, we're thankful that you weren't content with the relationship found within the Trinity. That you chose an ever-expanding, ever-deepening relationship that included humankind. Lord, we're the beneficiaries of that. And the truth is, oftentimes we mess up, we miss the mark, we sin. And yet you're willing to forgive us if we confess. You're willing to move deeper into the relationship if we are. So Lord, help us to be intentional. To make intentional choices that builds our relationship with you. But Lord, as I read, as I read the Bible, and as I read your story, that invitation to draw closer to you is also an invitation to draw closer to others. The Lord, you invite us to be your agents, your administrators, your people, your images here on earth. And Lord, as, as we move into this created role, it's an invitation to listen before we speak, to, to love what seems unlovable, to pursue people who are pushing us away, but to continue to pursue and to follow you. 
Now, Lord, I'm thankful for those who've gathered here today. I'm thankful for those who've joined us online. And Lord, we're praying for a day, we're looking for a day when we can, without fear, without concern, gather in here and celebrate like no other time. What we love this place, we love this church, and Lord, we want to see it prosper and do well. So Lord, help us as we um, move into this year to make choices at the beginning of the year uh, that will build community throughout the year. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless.